I'm always happy to chat through with people and say, this is boring, this part is interesting. And what I would say also is I want time with the chief executive. I want time with the most senior person or relevant person at the company. And I don't want the PR to be on the line when that happens because that really does hamper how much of a frank interview it should be. This is Digital Communicators, the comms focus show for the tech sector. Hello, my name's Simon Coughlin. Today I'm joined by Christina Criddle, technology reporter at the Financial Times. Hi, Christina. Hi. Thanks very much for joining us on the Babel podcast. Can you kick off by telling us a little bit about your role at the FT? Sure. I mainly cover social media and metaverse technologies, but I also cover general UK tech and European tech as well. And before that, I was at the BBC, where I worked for lots of different programmes, like the Today programme, BBC Breakfast. I reported in the regions like London. And I also made a documentary called The Instagram Effect. And before that, I was at The Telegraph. My entry into journalism was doing The Telegraph Graduate Scheme. So I worked there as well and trained up as a journalist there. What inspired you to move into a role in journalism? So I was really lucky. I knew that I wanted to be a journalist from about the age of 12. We did a fun day at school where you got to make your own magazine and interview people. And I really enjoyed it. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe this could be a job that I could do. And I'm nosy, quite interested in people. And it just seemed like a fun job where you can ask any question you wanted of anybody and get to meet loads of really fun people and find out different people's lives and interests. So I was advised not to do journalism at university. So I just did a degree in something I enjoyed, which was history and politics at Liverpool University, which I loved. But at the same time, I was doing a lot of freelancing on the side. I was writing for newspapers whilst I was doing my degree. And that put me in quite good stead for when I left to do my graduate scheme at the Telegraph. And presumably getting on that graduate scheme at the Telegraph was very competitive. How did you go about applying for that role? Yeah, there were only four of us who got on in my year. So the application process was quite thorough. You had to analyze the newspaper, obviously. And I think one of the things when you're applying for jobs in the industry is you just have to be really interested in the company itself, what type of news it does and what it's looking for that's different, and then just have lots of ideas. As a reporter, our whole job is coming up with new ways of looking at things, good interviews, good stories, and so finding lots of different ideas that people haven't heard of that people might like to read about is our strength, and so I really focused on coming up with as many ideas as possible. And then you were lucky enough to move to the BBC. Tell us about your time there. I had lots of different roles. When I first went to the BBC, I was working in Salford as a producer at BBC Breakfast. And that basically means that you help get the programme on air. You help set up the items. You find contributors, so guests who are going to go on TV. You write briefs for the presenters. You help if you're doing an outside broadcast, so if the show is going live anywhere. So you really get to the nuts and bolts of how a programme is made. So I was a producer there and at the Today programme. And then I started getting into reporting. So I did some reporting for them too and did some regional reporting. And then eventually I moved over into tech, which I'd done a bit of at the Telegraph and was always really interested in technology and then just became increasingly interested, I think, as time went on. The last thing I did there was making this Instagram called The Instagram Effect. And that was an hour-long documentary for BBC Three. And we did interviews with people who basically made Instagram, engineers right at the beginning, all about the design, all about their vision for it at the start, which was 
this very artistic, creative place and then told the story of how it's become the product that it is now, which has a lot of flaws in terms of pressures on people's well-being, how they look. And then we've asked the question, could it turn good again? And that's in the news a lot as well. Sort of Instagram is losing its identity at the moment. So yes, that was the last thing I did at the BBC, which I really enjoyed. And then it was on to one of the world's most respected business publications. What's life been like at the FT? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think one of the things that the FT is amazing at is breaking original journalism. And that's something that I really want to spend more time on doing deep investigations into companies and really having the time and the space to go and meet sources for coffees, gain people's trust and break some scoops, which I have been doing. So I'm really enjoying it. And it's a great team. It's also nice to do print after doing broadcast for so many years and just practicing my writing, which has been a bit of a challenge. You have to think about every word, really, but I'm enjoying that too. What have been your favourite themes to cover whilst at the FT? So the main thing I've been focusing on is social media companies. And most recently, I've been doing a lot of investigations into TikTok and especially how TikTok's offices in London have been operating. So I've been revealing this culture clash between Chinese leadership there and the London-based employees, including an executive who told staff that because he was a capitalist, he didn't believe in maternity leave. He's now stepped down and been replaced, and TikTok says that it obviously does offer maternity leave, and it's launched an investigation into that. But that was a really big moment in terms of just revealing what the inner workings of TikTok is like. And I've done a few stories after that, sort of showing the direction of its business. Can you outline the structure of the technology team at the FT? And what does your typical working day look like? So there's a few of us, I think in London, mainly who are core tech reporters, there's three of us, and we all cover slightly different things. But then depending on when something breaks, who's around, we might just pick it up. And the days can be really variable. We're given quite a lot of autonomy in terms of we choose the stories that we want to look into. We manage our time. So if I want to spend the day meeting sources and trying to rustle up some interesting news lines, then I can do that. I don't necessarily have to write a piece every day, which is very different from any other news organization I've worked at but then at the same time obviously if something breaks you you are expected to hop on it straight away and get that story out there so it, it can be completely varied and yeah as I say we all have our own specialisms it's quite a collegiate place as well so you tend to team up with people on pieces although my specialism is social media there's also people who are specialists in Chinese tech for example so I would team up with them and use their expertise to help make the story even better. You mentioned having the opportunity to go out and meet sources in person. Obviously, that was something that was not possible throughout COVID. How much of your time is spent meeting with people now or are most of your briefings still happening remotely? It's honestly so nice to go and meet people in person. And it's a shame we're not doing this in person, actually, as well. But yeah, it's completely different. And I think in the job that I'm in, it's all about your sense of somebody and it's all about that person trusting you, wanting to be open with you. And that's really hard to do over a screen. We did it, but it wasn't the same. And you don't get those little nuances. It's a lot harder to get somebody to let their guard down. So I'm really enjoying going out and meeting people. And how much I do it, it depends how busy I am with other stuff. And it's a constant balance of trying to get stories out whilst also cultivating 
those sources and making sure that you're still on the hunt for stories whilst you're also writing stories. So that sort of time management can be a little difficult to balance sometimes. The technology sector is increasingly competitive and the companies that we work with here at Babel want to get in the FT. So for those companies, what types of stories are you looking for and what's the best way to pitch to you? I think the most important thing is try and think about what kind of stories would make it. It's not the place for a puff piece. It's not the place where we're just going to do something promotion. For example, we rarely do like product launches, which quite a lot of other publications do. So I think there has to be something new about it, obviously. There has to be something exclusive for us. Usually we like to offer our readers something that other publications don't. So I would always say offer us an exclusive. That's something I always ask people because if it tends to be just midnight embargo, wide distribution, then we probably won't cover it. And then, yeah, just tell us something about the inner workings of the company. Does it tell you something which investors would want to know or something about the wider market as well? It's really hard until you get there. But yeah, I'm always happy to chat through with people and say, this is boring. This part is interesting. And what I would say also is I want time with the chief executive. I want time with the most senior person or relevant person at the company. And I don't want the PR to be on the line when that happens, because that really does hamper how much of a frank interview it should be. If you're putting somebody up for interview, you should trust them. On the topic of embargoes, how far forward do you plan your stories, Christina? For example, should we be coming to you with an embargo for a day or so's time? Or should we be looking more into the future, say a week or a fortnight's time? For us, if it's exclusive, it's our story, we can take ownership, then we should be able to choose when we publish it. It shouldn't be an embargo that everyone has. So yeah, we don't really have embargoes like that. We do have schedules where we publish things, but I would always say, yeah, leave it in the journalist's hands and they will thank you for that. What role does social media have in helping you to source your stories? Are you looking at Twitter throughout the day? I do use social media a lot. I find that Twitter can be useful, but it's a bit of an echo chamber and it's usually a lot of other journalists. So although it's useful for keeping up with the news and sometimes finding case studies, it's not where I find the majority of my sources. I do go on other social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. It's really useful as well. And I do chat to lots of interesting people there. In terms of pitching, please just email my Twitter DMs. I check, but I wouldn't reply if it was a pitch from a PR. I would reply to an email if I'm interested. And if I ignore it more than once, then I'm probably not interested. I get hundreds of emails a day sometimes I can't reply to all of them it's not an effective use of time and then if I know you just drop me a whatsapp or call me as well um but not a cold call I don't respond very well to those either I know that everybody has their different ways of working and different things that they like but that's yeah that's how I like being pitched to not in my dms please and on the topic of PR speaking with you on the phone it's a contentious industry a topic of discussion in the PR industry about whether PRs should be pitching on the phone. Are you saying that if a PR doesn't get an initial response to a press release that they shouldn't follow it up on the phone? I would prefer a WhatsApp or a text. Phone calls take up a lot of time. Also, sometimes I don't have that number saved and I think it's something important and then it isn't. And if I'm in the middle of the story, 
of a different story it can get distracting and frustrating at the time I always try to be as polite as possible but we're under really tight deadline sometimes and yeah I don't always reply to my emails I usually reply if I am interested but yeah I would say a whatsapp or a text is better than a call and then I can always call you and I usually would if I'm interested and I want to chat through something I would normally call but yeah I have people calling me all the time (laughs) As we head into the final few months of 2022, what are your predictions for the hot tech issues of the rest of the year? I think we're going to see some really interesting things in terms of emerging technologies like augmented reality and virtual reality. We already know that Apple is working on something very exciting and their products usually have a huge impact. You're starting to see such sophisticated experiences especially in AR already Snapchat is great at this you can have this sort of collaboration with brands or you can go to museums and art galleries and then have something that you interact with on your phone but also in augmented reality and so that's becoming more and more sophisticated I feel like we're expecting releases end of this year beginning of next year which could be really exciting and I think people are starting to become more understanding of that. Obviously, we've had VR headsets for a very long time, and I'm not sure they've quite had consumer appeal yet, mass consumer appeal anyway. But maybe as these devices get more and more sophisticated, that could work. So yeah, that's something I'm watching quite close for the next year. Christina, thanks so much for joining us on the Babel podcast. Some fascinating insights for our listeners. Thank you so much. For more information about Babel and other episodes of this podcast, head to www.babelpr.com forward slash podcasts.